Welcome to the Highlands Current Podcast. I'm Chip Rowe, the editor of The Current. In each episode, our reporters will take you behind the scenes as they speak with residents of the Highlands about their interests, passions, and adventures. For this episode, Leonard Sparks spoke with Maya Fasulo, a Beacon resident and former Haldane student, who at age 20 lost her grandmother and mother to COVID-19 within a month of each other. Here's their conversation. So thank you for agreeing to do this, Maya, and, and agreeing to talk with us about this very, very difficult subject. First, tell me about your grandmother, Marianne, and your relationship with her. My grandmother moved here when I was about two years old. When my father was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease, my family realized that he wouldn't quite be able to really take care of me on his own. So our family flew my grandma to the United States, where she basically kind of just became a closer part of the family, essentially. She got here when I was about two, two and a half, and she was probably one of the most important people in my life. This was a really large debate between my mother and I, but To me personally, with my mom working so much, my grandma was the one who was driving me to swim practice and soccer practice and taekwondo, and we were always together, really. And she taught me a lot of really important life lessons. She was definitely one of my rocks throughout life, and she had a stroke two years ago, which really kind of took away her personality. She really wasn't the same afterhand, so with her recent passing, not that we were prepared for it, but she's at rest, you know? The past two years were really, really difficult for her. Losing her specifically, but both of them at the same time, has definitely been been a shock. When did your grandmother first become sick? Thanksgiving, we were fine. I had had it two weeks prior. We went to family friends for Thanksgiving, and the day after, they just completely took a turn for the worse. And then they waited a little too long to go to the hospital, quite honestly. And then my grandmother went to the hospital on December 4th. I was an EMT when I was younger. I took her blood pressure throughout the week and it just constantly got worse and worse. And then on December 4th, I finally got my hands on a pulse ox, so to read the oxygen levels throughout her blood. And her oxygen levels were at 88, which anything below 95 is critical. And the closer you get to about 60 or 50 is when strokes happen, cardiac arrest, and things along those lines. And she did have another stroke, so I noticed that about two days before she went to the hospital, I kind of noticed she was slurring her words. She was refusing to eat, and she was becoming very stubborn and combative, in a sense. And then on December 4th was when I made the decision. I said no hospital bill is worth either of your lives because they didn't have health insurance. So my mom resigned from her job a year ago and never got COBRA, so that was the worry. And since they were moving back to Europe... It wasn't a necessity to have the health insurance just because they were leaving, but the leave date kept getting pushed back and pushed back. So now they didn't have health insurance. They had COVID and they were stuck in this position because in the United States, healthcare is extremely expensive, especially without health insurance. So that was kind of a fear factor with my mother was going to the hospital and having all these bills. I called the ambulance. Calling an ambulance would get her in sooner versus waiting in the emergency room. We all know that, especially with COVID, it takes hours to get admitted. And then they took her. And then the next day was when my mom went to the hospital. Her levels were even worse. So as your grandmother's condition worsened, I mean, how sick was your mother at that point? So my grandma was definitely far worse than my mom was, especially at first. My mom didn't get really, really bad, I would say, until probably December 4th, like right after my grandma left. The next day, my mom started to feel faint herself. I took her pulse ox and my mom's pulse ox was 78, even lower than my grandma's. So condition-wise, you would have thought that 
Grandma was worse when it came to symptoms, but no, in general, my mom was probably the worst condition, especially for her age being younger and having a lower oxygen level than even my grandma did. So I called the ambulance for my mom as well, and then that was on December 5th. When did she die? My mother passed away on January 7th, and my grandma passed away on December 12th. So after your grandmother goes to the hospital, what was the progression like in, in terms of her illness? I mean, were there points where you thought she might be getting better? 100%. So basically the way it happened, so again, I'll start with grandma a little bit because it kind of merges together. So grandma went into the hospital on December 4th, and three days later, she was on a ventilator. My mom was in the ER for 52 hours because they did not have room for her in the ICU. So my grandmother got a room in the surgical ICU immediately because of her age, her condition, and so on. So they found her space, but my mom was on a stretcher for 52 hours on high flow oxygen. And she was on high flow and the nasal cannula. So the one that goes in your nose and then the non-rebreather that covers your mouth. That's like what you see in the movies, basically. After fighting for, I'd say, two days. Mom was doing well for a good amount of time, up until probably a couple days before she was intubated. We definitely saw a lot of hope, and even when she got intubated, we still saw a lot of hope. What really made my mom take a turn for the worse, though, is the situation with my grandma. I wasn't allowed into the hospital. At first, we had to say goodbye to my grandmother through a FaceTime call. And I also had to tell my mother that her mom died through a FaceTime call. They would not let me be next to her. So I think that was a major setback of just not being able to be together in those moments. And I mean, I'm a firm believer in your mental mindset being a very strong decider and getting through certain things, whether it be mentally or physically. Your mental needs to be in check to be able to fight something so strong as COVID as well. So not being able to be next to one another and having, to, again, to tell my mom that her mother had passed away through a FaceTime call is just absurd. And that's, but that's also, that's 2021, 2022. That's the new norm as well as I wasn't allowed to be next to my mom. What was that like? What do you say at a moment like that? In all honesty, I will probably never get the screams of hearing my mother through a FaceTime call, like just breaking the news to her. As mad as I was, I had to take what I could get. And that was the FaceTime call and trying to be there for my mother through a screen. I fought with the hospital a lot. It was a long battle, but they understood where I was coming from. Due to the circumstances, I was allowed to see my mom a couple times. The doctors and nurses got to know me very well to a point where some of them I even speak to on a regular basis now. And they're very good. They're all great doctors. I don't have a problem with them at all. It's just there's all these policies set in place that they can do only so much to get above and beyond. But they did pull some strings with my mom and I. I saw my mom the day she got intubated. I got the call from the hospital saying, your mom is taking a turn for the worse. The doctors want you to come now. I'm not going to lie. I turned a 20-minute drive into about an eight-minute drive. I got to the hospital. I was geared up from head to toe. I had an N95, a mask over that. I had a face shield. I had a gown. I was completely covered head to toe. And when I walked in, they said, we do think that we need to intubate your mom. I sat with my mother. Definitely a very emotional moment. I had a time limit on my visit with my mom. And I was spoken to about the ventilator before leaving, saying, keep your phone on you because they needed my consent. I wasn't able to even pull into my parking lot that I got the call saying that they were intubating my mom. What was that moment like for you? It was a lot. 
I FaceTimed my mom really, really quick just to tell her that I loved her and that I was going to be okay. Having a 20-year-old daughter at home who doesn't have too, too much family. I do. They're in Europe. I'm, I'm on my own, essentially. But I wanted to FaceTime her to reassure her that I was going to be okay, no matter what. And that I wanted her to rest and to focus on herself. I was like, it's okay. Your lungs need some rest. I'll see you soon. You know, kind of just trying to stay positive about the situation. But it was a rough moment. And I, I think I sat in my car for probably like three hours. What if I hadn't consented to the ventilator? Would she still be with us? If we had found a different source of treatment? Like that's, that's something that, again, will probably stick with me every single day of my life. So where were you when your mother died? I was next to her. I was allowed. I saw her the day before as well. I had a one-time two-hour visit that I fought for for days with the hospital. And I sat there next to my mom. I had spoken with the doctors and there was a small ray of hope. Some of her numbers were getting better, whereas leading up to that Thursday, I was prepared for my mom to die. Yeah, I was getting things ready, not losing hope, but when you're 20 years old and you're put in this situation where you have no family, you have to prepare for the worst. You have to prepare to be on your own, all while staying hopeful and faithful, which is something that is extremely difficult to do. And when I spoke to the doctor, we did see a ray of hope. Some of her numbers were improving, and that was on Thursday. Then Friday came, and I was woken up to a call from the hospital saying that she took a turn for the worse overnight. Her oxygen levels had gone down to the 70s, 60s, even being on 100% on the ventilator on the highest settings possible. I jumped into my car. I literally ran to my car and again, turned that 20-minute drive into probably even under eight minutes. Then, you know, you're sitting in the elevator kind of just like going up and you don't know what's about to happen. So I ran in and obviously, you know, you get in and the doctors have this look on their face of just like, but I can't even explain it. Like, you know, they have their hopeful look and then they have their not hopeful look. And I was like, all right, great. I got gowned up and went in, sat next to my mom. The nurse that she had that day was phenomenal, amazing. She was like, do you want me to come in with you? Because it's, it's a lot for a 20 year old to handle on their own or for anyone, but just there was so much loss at once. All the doctors, every single doctor, nurse, in the MICU, the, the, the surgical ICU, everything, everyone knew because it's not something that they see on a regular basis. You know, a grandmother or a mom and daughter, essentially both in ICU with COVID dying. So I went in, I saw my mom, I held her hand and just did my best to kind of just talk to her. I called some of our family members to let them talk to her as well. I took a step out just to breathe because the doctors had come in and said she wasn't gonna make it, there was zero chance. She was on three different types of pressors. She was like on epinephrine, non-epinephrine and something else. They said that she's gonna die, but that the medications are what's keeping her from dying. So they basically asked me for consent to take my mom off the medications. And at first I said, no. And then I looked at my mom and I looked at the monitor and I know what I'm looking at from being an EMT and just having an interest in the medical field in general. And I looked at all the numbers and then I looked at my mom and I said, you know what, it's not fair. It wasn't fair for my mom to be just prolonging, you know, suffering and, and pain and just all of that. So then I stepped out and I talked to the doctors and I said, okay, I said, you can take her off. And then I went back in and my mom didn't even last a minute. They like turned off the noises from the monitor so that I wouldn't hear the flat line. But I literally watched my mother's blood pressure tank number by number, just like a staircase just went down. I was talking with our family friend and he said, they were always, you know, neck and neck. They were always together. So it kind of makes sense that they both followed one another essentially and passing away. 
because I couldn't I couldn't picture my mom without my grandma. What's it like for you now, having lost these two very, very important people? It's changed a lot of things. I will believe that they're with me everywhere, that I believe in, and that they'll always be watching over and all that. But I'll be honest, having the apartment to myself is really quiet. My mom's car is still sitting outside my apartment, and seeing that every morning is just... It's different. It's rough. I'm probably sounding like I'm emotionless and talking right now, but it's been a lot. The way that I explain it right now is I've kind of been like on that adrenaline rush, right? Like that override of just going and continuing and that eventually I probably will crash. But right now the outlook, I mean, I'm terrified. I'll be very straight up financially. Financials are difficult for everyone, let alone a 20 year old who just lost two people in her life and doesn't really have anyone else. We set up a GoFundMe and all that, but is that enough to kind of get me back on my feet? It's scary. I've had my own apartment for over a year and my mom was living with me, but now there's a little bit less help and there's all these like mental blocks in the way as well. You don't know what mood you're going to wake up in the morning, whether you're going to have a good day or a bad day, whether it be mental health, whether it be financials, whether it be day-to-day life, it's all unknown and that's what's terrifying and nobody likes the unknown. When people ask me, you know, how are you doing? I'll say, I'm okay, but I'm not okay. It's kind of like a smack in between of like being really, really sad, but also knowing that I can't just throw my hands down right now because if I do, then everything's going to crumble. And that's not okay. That's not a choice. That's not an option because I'm 20. These, the next couple years are crucial for success, no matter what route I take, which I was mentioning to you earlier, was just probably going to be nursing or med school. After what just happened, it's genuinely motivated me to do so. But there's definitely some things in the way of getting there, you know, whether it be how to afford school or how to put a roof over my head or, you know, I have a puppy as well. What am I going to do with him? I don't want to lose him. That was a gift to me from my mom. That's all I've got left. So all these like little tiny things that kind of compile and compound one after the other, it's, um, it's a lot. But right now, like I said, I mean, I'm, I'm running off of adrenaline. I'm running off of adrenaline and caffeine. So um, definitely not the best way to handle it. But again, as I said, if I throw my hands down now, everything's going to crumble and that's not an option. So you're dealing with the emotional stuff, but at the same time, you're dealing with financial challenges. What's that been like? So still figuring it out. You know, even planning funerals. I decided that both of them would not have wanted a funeral funeral. I think funerals are sad and I don't think they would have wanted that. And so the decision I made was to have them both cremated and then have a memorial service in March. We lived in Fairfield, Connecticut for two and a half years. We have five beaches in Fairfield. And my mom used to love going to walk along the beach and they would go every night together And there's a beach called Penfield Beach, which was their favorite. And there's a place called Penfield Pavilion, which is like a venue on the water. So that's what I decided to do was cremation for both of them. And then in March or early April, we would do a memorial service that included just a celebration of life. And, you know, that's what they would have wanted. And then something that we included is watching the sunset with with everyone who decides to attend the memorial. Because that was something my mom loved to do. My mom drove a convertible, it was a 2009 Audi. She would have the top down even in the winter. Like it would be 30 degrees out and she would have the top down. I remember thinking my mom was crazy. I was like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> you're, you're psycho, <laughs> it's freezing. She's like, no, it's fine. Like this is the point of a convertible. I was like, not in the winter, but we would go sit in 30 to 40 degree weather, 
with the top down and we would go watch the sunset. So my mom loved sunsets. That was her thing. For the rest, you're asking about just figuring things out. I'm taking it day by day. It's new, but it's not impossible. It's just new. Well, it's clear you have a lot of support and and I wish you well. And and thank you again for, for agreeing to do this. Thank you for listening to the Highlands Current Podcast. This episode was produced by Zach Rogers and recorded and edited by Johnny Taylor of Beacon AV Lab. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe, leave us a review on your listening app of choice, and consider becoming a member of The Current. The paper and website and this podcast are offered free to the community, paid for with support from our readers and listeners. To join for as little as $24 annually, visit highlandscurrent.org join. That's highlandscurrent.org join. Or catch up anytime on the latest news at highlandscurrent.org or pick up a copy of the print paper every Friday. Thanks again. I'm Chip Rowe, editor of The Current, and we'll see you next time.